You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. All right, Josue, let's go through our new comic day stack. We have a lot to review. I know. Maybe we've gone too far. Well, let's see. Marvel, of course. DC. I got Image. Dark Horse. Black Mask. Boom. IDW. Aftershock. Vault, of course. Mad Cave. Oni. Valiant. Scout. Magma. Behemoth. Wow, that's a lot. Well, all we need now is a name for our show. We need a name for a show about reviewing comic books every week. Something clever, but not too clever. Like a pun? It's kind of cheesy. Yeah, something that seems funny at first, but we might regret later on as an impulsive decision a few dozen episodes in. Yeah, we'll think of something. Join Keith and Hostway for We Have Issues, a weekly show reviewing almost every new comic released each week. Available on Geek Elite Media and wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome, everybody, to We Have Issues, our show that's about everything literary, books, comic books, web comics, manga, and everything else you might be reading. We're usually here to talk about it, but today we're here to talk about something a little different. Uh, first of all, I'm your host, Keith, and I'm joined by my stalwart sidekick, who's always at my side, Josue. Hello, and this is a very exciting day because not only do you have a very special guest, but we also got a, a second guinea pig like a little, a couple hours ago. Oh, so no. We're super, we're super excited to get to know her. <laughs> What'd you name this one? Uh, well, her name came as Carmel, but we don't really want to name her that. <laughs> Are you going to go with a theme? Because the other one is like little cow, right? Right. The other one is, his name is Baquita, Spanish for cow. Uh, so we're, we're, we're just going to get to know her first and see what her name actually is. Nice. Good choice. Uh, but joining us today, as Josue said, we have a very special guest. Joining us is uh, one of our top comic writers right now and we're really honored to have her on the show because there's so much to talk about and that is the writer of harley quinn and a man among you which you guys know we absolutely love stephanie phillips hey thanks so much for having me of course uh i mean thanks for being here we absolutely are very excited about this um when our um little peek behind the curtain when our editor mitch is like hey would you guys want to interview stephanie phillips we're like yes <laughs> it was like, almost like wait you said stephanie phillips right comic yeah. book creator stephanie phillips and he's like yeah right like let's do it it's like oh absolutely we're gonna do it yeah so so oh, that's awesome thanks so one of the bad parts about uh interviewing stephanie is i have so many things i want to talk about we have to kind of pick and choose uh, but the first thing i want to talk about i want to get a little personal because one thing I know about you is that you're a hockey fan. And um, specifically, I saw that you you had done the book uh, Kicking Ice, uh, which looks like a YA graphic novel. Um, and it came out from Ominous Press, right? Yep, exactly. Awesome. So I didn't know this existed. And I desperately want it. And I, I, I have a niece <laughs> who just turned 13. And I... Oh, that's so cool. I constantly send her comics to read. Like, just constantly. Every every YADC yeah. DC thing's ever been put out, I send it to her. So um, so I definitely have to check this out. But um, I think you even played hockey, right? 
yeah, I, I still do just like now at this mm-hmm. point, you know, it's like amateur beer league hockey. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't played in about a month. I'm recovering from a concussion. So oh. from, from hockey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some, some people think uh beer league is apparently their NHL tryout. So uh, I was in the way <laughs> of the next Jack Eichel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. It's, and it's always the guy wearing number 99 on his Jersey. Like, always you just know it or he's got a visor like a tinted visor or like highlight yellow uh skate laces those are like the signs of the guy on the ice that you just avoid (laughs) no i'm a i'm I'm a huge hockey fan uh some of our listeners will know this because my twitter gets taken taken over during the the playoffs and i just talk about hockey the entire time um (laughs) And then I know uh, you had mentioned, um, at least on the website, the NWHL, which is the the first, uh, you know, uh, salaried women's hockey league in the U.S., which is cool. And I thought it was really cool that they recently just rebranded. Their name is actually called the Premier Hockey Federation, which is so cool. That's like kind of a pattern we've been seeing with women's hockey leagues where they're trying to not be like the lady version of the men's version, you know, like. And so (laughs) I really like digging their own identity. So, Um, but yeah, yeah, so are you a Tampa fan? Are you a Lightning fan? I am. Yeah. I grew up yeah. in Tampa. Um, so I've always been kind of like right, <laughs> right by like the start of the lightning. So kind of mm-hmm. watching them grow up as I was growing up was cool. And then seeing Mano Rayom on the ice, uh, like as the first female in an exhibition NHL game was really cool having totally. that happen here. Um, because even at the time, like I, you know, there wasn't a lot of ice in Tampa. So I started playing roller hockey in probably around middle school and, um, there wasn't even women's Olympic hockey when I was a kid. So I feel like I've just like watched it really grow. And uh, that's, that's been really exciting. So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'll go watch like the exhibition games for NWHL or the um, like Olympic women's team actually practices in Tampa, which is pretty neat. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So when we, when uh, kicking ice first came out, we went and did like a TV segment with the women's Olympic hockey team um, and they're all very tall and I am not super short, but I look like a very, very, very tiny person next to them. And I'm just like mm. looking up at these giant, amazing women athletes holding a little comic book, like a child. So, <laughs> uh, I don't know how I could have ever gotten a copy of that TV segment, but it, I'm sure it looked hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, the, honestly, the women's hockey is usually my highlight in the Winter Olympics because, especially last time when it came down to the U.S. and Canada, I think it went to double or triple over time. And one of my best friends lives in Toronto, and we always have this friendly thing. And uh, he was like, "It's so late, I need to go to bed." I'm like, "No, it's not over yet." Uh, <laughs> but that's always a lot of fun. So yeah, I, I just I'm just happy to talk to the hockey fans personally. So, <laughs> um, what team do you root for? So I was. <laughs> So I, <laughs> I was raised the Stars fan, Dallas Stars. Okay. Um, because I lived in Oklahoma, which is close, but also my second uncle played for the Stars Ooh, when oh, wow. they won the Stanley Cup. Oh damn. Um, Yuri Yuri Letinen. I just gave away my last name to all of our viewers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, number twenty six. So he's he, he's a distant relation, but I counted it, and we look a lot alike. Really cool. So yeah. And then I moved around a bit, and honestly, hockey's one of the few ones where I don't have a hard like loyalty because i just love hockey you know so but i am right now and for the past 10 years at least i'm an arizona coyotes fan because that's where i'm located is arizona and 
they're an underdog team. I like cheering for an underdog. So, <laughs> but I, yeah. I got, I got jerseys for like five teams. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so. Yeah. I've got a lot of jerseys too. And, and some of them are just like, I like going to different arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, I lived in Buffalo for a little while. So mm-hmm. I would go to Buffalo games and, um, I've got jerseys from the formerly known as NWHL league and, um, <laughs> Spend the game is like a Pittsburgh game. So yeah, I'll usually end up with jerseys from places, but uh, always yeah. a Tampa Bay fan. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> so that's great. <laughs> Let's start talking about your comics. Um, obviously, we want to talk about the stuff that you're currently working on. But the first thing I want to give Hostway a chance to ask if he has a question or two about Nuclear Family, a book that he reviewed for us on our show. Um, kind of a spoiler alert, comics are expensive. So me and Hostway, <laughs> a lot of books, uh, we will he'll get it and I won't, or I'll get it and he won't, just so we make sure we recover it on the show. And this was one he pulled for himself. So, Josue, um, do you have any questions you want to ask? I know the show, the book's wrapped up, but... What yeah. You- I mean, I have so many, because it's just like, <laughs> it's nuclear family. Uh, but first, uh, Stephanie, I'm so sorry I couldn't be there for Rose City Comic Con. I, I, like I said, I'm residing here in Portland, but... Uh, I, it felt so shitty get, uh, having to miss that con or else I would have had you yeah. sign all of these. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely hope I'll be back. Uh, Rose city was, was great and I didn't see enough of Portland. So nice. Hopefully yeah. I will be back. Cool. cool. Um, hopefully um, if, it, if it can happen, because uh, Emerald city is just about three hours up ahead. So if you okay. go to that for sure, you'll see me then. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but as far as nuclear family, it was just, it was awesome. Like I, I just, it was one of those where you know, ne- you never know what's going to happen next because it's always it was that mystery. Like, we're in grounded suburbia, late fifties going to sixties, but then literally the bombs drop, and then where do you go from there? You time skipped us, and it's like what? <laughs> and then what does it mean from there? Like alternate reality, like because like every piece just kept getting something, just kept giving us something else. But 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 then at the end, I'm just left with like, I mean, it just. By the way, I, I guess, by the way, I read it, but I got left with like almost like two, two books in one where like issues two, three and four are just like that sci-fi tale. But books one and five just I, in the end, I just I had to give I had to go with this like because it was not a straight. It's not a straight up ending answer for the ending. Uh, so I guess to me, it was just like this, like Johnny got his gun ending where it's just like, <laughs> did he did he actually come back? Or it's because like that last issue was just probably like the most confusing, but in a good way, because it just told these story A, story B, as we're also culminating to something. And in the end, I'm like, oh, this poor guy is probably, (laughs) is it all in his head, one of those? But again, you don't give us the answer. So again, it's probably one of those where you don't want to reveal it or in the end. But I guess my one question is, maybe just the governor, the glasses, (laughs) what did that mean? You don't have to elaborate um, yeah. on the family, you don't have to elaborate on the McLeans, but the governor, that's the one where it's like, where did he go or what did happen there? Yeah, so, um, okay, here's the best way I'll put this. Uh, okay. On the trade paperback solicit that is about to, or actually I think it is out for Nuclear Family, mm-hmm. uh, it says volume one. <sighs> so... <laughs> I kind of, I kind of wanted to figure that, but there was. I'm also... so glad you got that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, since that is out in the wild, yeah, I, I think that's okay to kind of say. Also, I am just the worst secret keeper. Um, so, <laughs> so one of the things we we wanted to do was kind of take the premise that Philip K. Dick started, which really doesn't go into a lot of detail about what an alternate timeline looks like, or. Mm-hmm 
um, you know, how that kind of world would work. And we wanted to pick up kind of where he left off. So instead of this being like an adaptation of something, it's more of like a, um, we took something that he started and expanded into a giant universe that mm -hmm. we want to keep exploring um, and start solidifying some of the questions that you're kind of bringing up that were like slightly ambiguous. So um, things that you're pointing out, like uh, the governor's glasses, which um, maybe or maybe not are an indication about what whether or not the alternate future was a reality for the McLean family. Right. Um, I guess they went back and fixed it. The glasses, is there an, an inanimate object that fell off? So that got, right. to, ling that got to linger around, but he didn't. So that, again, I just, I just really liked it. Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Uh, we had a lot of fun working on it. And actually, um, Tony, uh, the artist, lives in Portland. So I was just having nice. dinner with him on Friday night. And uh, yeah, we're we're really excited to kind of play with more of the characters and the universe. And uh, we were thrilled to get to work together on the on the first five. So we're cool, excited cool. that, you know, people really had such a good reaction to it or, mm -hmm. or like an angry reaction. They were still reading it, but just angry, like, you didn't answer the question I wanted you to. <laughs> like, yeah. <no. laughs> I would see those too, but it's just like, you're getting the book that you're getting and it's, and it's still great. And so, so now I'm, I'm even more so because it's like the radios, there, there has to be a play on the radios. It, it seems so significant. So I'm very excited to come back to this book. Well, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. We are too. Nice. <laughs> nice. Now I want to kind of start talking about uh, your DC work a bit. Um, I want to give context uh, to yourself and to our listeners. Um, so Hosway and me last year, we did like an end of the year awards and we did it by publisher, best DC book, best Marvel book, et cetera. Um, and we kind of discovered, man, we don't read enough DC when we were trying to like come up with our finals, uh, final books. So I'm like, you know what, let's make an effort. And luckily as the year began, we got future state. And I was like, this is a great spot for us to jump back in. Uh, and also important thing to the two of us, it was, a bunch of brand new diverse voices given these characters that we're able to like explore. And I was like, okay, let's check this out. So I made the promise to myself that I was going to buy every future state book, which oh, wow. I did. <laughs> and I did. <laughs> and that was the decision. <laughs> but, um, um, and overall, I really greatly enjoyed what, what happened. And it definitely helped me get back into DC. Um, some of the books were pretty expected for me to like, but I honestly, have a history of not liking Harley Quinn very much. Um, she's a complex character. Uh, I think most of what I didn't like originally was I don't like the Joker. You know, I, yeah. I, I, it's just not, and I never liked the dynamic of the relationships that always kind of bothered me. And I'm really happy that DC has moved away from that and made a strong stance of being away from that. Right. And so I was like, yeah, I'm going to read the Harley Quinn book. And I was like, oh, you know, it's Stephanie Phillips. It's probably going to be pretty good. And then I saw oh, Simone DeMeo. Oh, Oh, that art is no one. No one draws like someone to Mayo. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And then Josue can back me up on this. It was the surprise of the crossover for me. Yeah. How much I really liked that Harley Quinn book. And it made me realize I do like Harley Quinn. I just don't like Harley Quinn and the Joker, basically. <laughs> That's fair. And I just, yeah. I just wanted to point out like just how much I really enjoyed it. And um, I don't really have a question directly about the book because it was, it was a short run. Uh, but I, I just, first of all, wanted to just compliment, you know, how great that was and how much that kind of turned out. We'll talk about Harley Quinn in a moment, just a bit more, but I want to ask you about future state in general. Like, how do you feel that came off? How do you feel like working on that? Like, um, cause I've seen a lot of really good buzz about it. And, um, I think it's really important to the future of DC 
especially because we're kind of going towards future state now. Uh, so what did you what do you think of working on that with such a big ambitious crossover and stuff? I think it was really cool. Like, you know, to have my first my first thing out of like anthologies or short stories or like digital publications. My first thing was this gigantic DC event, like line wide. <laughs> Um, and getting to see some of the names I was in with, um, I think was one of the coolest things. Like in part, I feel like there's this group of us that kind of started in comics around the same time and kind of seeing us move into future state together with some of these really established names was also just really cool to see and just mm-hmm. excited for a lot of these people that I've been friends with for a while, like Philip Kennedy Johnson, who, you know, I, I know was at DC before me, but, um, you know, this is somebody that I remember seeing at conventions back when, um, like he had just had his first book out and I was still working on mine. And so, you know, that's one of the things that like, um, you know, I feel like it's that weird short clip with uh, with him being, uh, what's his name? Ant-Man, Paul mm-hmm. Rudd, who's like, mm-hmm. look at us. Did you ever think we'd get here? And I, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like uh, Phil Kennedy Johnson and I just had a moment recently where we were kind of just talking back and forth. And I, I feel like our conversation was kind of distilled to that. Like, like look at us, look at us, Superman. Not Harley us, Quinn, buddy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so it's, it's really nice being able to have those connections that you get to like grow with your peers in that way and then also get to know and learn from really established creators um you know josh williamson is someone that's mm-hmm. um you know really supportive scott snyder uh you know p- p- writers that i've always liked and admired and getting to have them kind of be involved in something like um kind of coming out of that working on the infinite frontier project with with josh uh mm-hmm. was super cool because you know this is somebody that was kind of like shepherding the project the umbrella of infinite frontier with a few newer writers kind of under that working with him to create stories like i did roy harper and uh director bones and Mm -hmm. uh you know it's a really cool thing to get to be like wow you know i know josh has been here for a long time i remember reading some new 52 stuff from josh so um this is an experience that i like really want to like dig into (laughs) like you know i want to pick his brain i want to know how he's thinking about story and how we can like you know, really elevate these these two stories that we're telling together. So um, that's a really cool experience that I've gotten kind of being new and coming into DC with Future State. Yeah, and that's, uh, like I said, that's the really big thing for us was like the incredible swath of new voices and, mm-hmm. and again, diverse voices. And we both left Future State with such a renewed vigor for DC comics is the best way to put it. Um, it was like, we were talking about like, comics are expensive. We're like already had a set, a kind of a set budget. And now post future. I'm like, now i got to add a few DC books to my <laughs> long list. It's like, Oh my God. But right. that's awesome. Cause I, I did want to read more DC for a while. Yeah. Like for, for a long time, I wasn't picking up anything from DC of the big three, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, I basically, I have a book from all three, at least I have a couple for Batman and now I'm going to have a couple for Wonder Woman. We'll talk about that in a bit, uh, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, that's just, it was just really cool. And they introduced some new, an introduction of new characters like Yara Floor. Yeah. And, um, uh, and so Andy good. Curry, Andy Curry is my girl. I love her so much. Yeah. And Jess Chambers just, oh, just love that. So yeah, I just wanted to, cause future state was so cool and it really got us back into DC. So if DC is listening, more of this, please. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but that transitions pretty nicely into because you mentioned um, you mentioned Infinite Frontier. You mentioned uh, working, uh, or I don't think you mentioned it, but you did the Harley story in Batman: Urban Legends too, mm-hmm. or one as well, I should say. Right. Um, so obviously, this transitioned to the new Harley book. 
now again coming into this i'm like okay well it's stephanie she did a great job in future state i'm gonna keep it i'm buying harley and i pick it up and this is kind of funny i think we as comic book fans we get these hard set opinions before we even experience things and i and i've really struggled not doing that and so this was the first one where i was like you know, Harley, it's Harley. I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. And I'm really enjoying this book. And Josue, once again, will attest to this. I picked it up and I was looking at Riley's art. I'm like, this is so different. I either love it or I don't. And I don't know. And I really enjoyed the book. And then when the most recent issue came out and Riley's art was gone, I was like, wait, this isn't right. And I realized <laughs> I absolutely loved the art. And like, I was like, this is perfect yeah. for this. And so I was hesitant at first, but I, I did give it a chance. And now when that issue came out without it, I'm like, no, this doesn't feel right at all. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's like a unique aesthetic, you know, and um, like it's a unique book. And one thing I really enjoy that you brought out both in Future State and, and in this is you brought out Harley's professional abilities. Yes. Um, that's the focus of what she does. And yeah. like, I think that's so interesting. And I think that's something that is underused in like, her kind of storytelling. And I think that's a really great way to approach it. I also really like the supporting cast. Um, obviously Grundy showing up. I, I remember I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted that I wanted the Grundy plushie and you were like, yes, make it happen. So I really want that Grundy plushie, but. Oh, me too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I guess um, my question is, first of all, is Grundy going to be a reoccurring? Cause he, he showed up in the <laughs> annual too. So uh, is he going to keep showing up? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, when when we can get him, um, it's also like one of the interesting things about continuity is also like you know coordinating with some other people that might be doing something with Grundy and just making sure like we. I, I think he's like a more pivotal character to something coming up in somebody else's run. So it's like also about you know not stepping on people's toes and like playing nice with with all the kids in Gotham. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a big city. Yeah, it is exactly. So um, he's definitely one of those people that I wanted to establish as someone that Harley can call when they they need somebody else like involved in a mission, um, somebody else that she kind of bonds with that's there in the city that doesn't hate her as we see a lot of other um, Gotham residents do at the beginning of our story. So I yeah. think um, I really just wanted to see like along the way she's she's kind of making this really weird ragtag group of support friends, <laughs> which which I just like kind of accumulating as we go. And they're all super different and kind of weird and maybe don't always fit together. And that's something that I love about what we're kind of building in Harley's Gotham universe. That's yeah. cool. At least somebody's appreciating him because I, 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 I love Grundy so much. <laughs> and like, he's always just missing or just MIA from books. And he's like, He's probably just down in a sewer and just probably wants to say hi to somebody. So it's like, it's cool that you're actually using him. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. And uh, that's the other thing about the book that I really like is um, in the past, Harley has flirted with uh, anti-heroism, not necessarily heroism. And in this book, from the, from the beginning, it's made out to be clear, she wants to be a good guy. And that's, you know, and we have the, the meeting with Batman, you know, and everything along with that. And she obviously is going to have a long way to go. And she's obviously always going to have her unique way of doing things, of course. Um, but I love, I absolutely love that her mission is to save the clowns because they're kind of in the same position she was in. And I think maybe that's one of the things, again, because I really don't like the Joker. I love the idea that it's her recovering from the Joker while helping others recover from the Joker. And it's just, I just think it's a really cool story. I think it's a great arc for that character. And it is. 
Yeah. And so like specifically, uh, how did you like, is this something that you came up with? Like this should be her, her arc that she wants to go through that she wants to redeem the clowns coming out of Joker war. And how much did you have into choosing our specific clown that she teams up with uh, throughout the book, of course. So, um, yeah, I, I had a lot of control over all of that um, you know, nice. coming, coming into it. Um, I would say that's something that I really liked was getting to say like, you know, I, I want to build to this, this poison Ivy connection. I want to, I want to build in these specific things and I wanted to shift the tone to something um, kind of, a can- I mean, this is like a weird reference, but mash, like mash is something that's taking taking place in uh the korean war it's Mm -hmm. absolutely horrific and you're watching doctors lose lives on a massive scale while they're being bombed and shot at Mm -hmm. um but alan alda is freaking hysterical that's a comedy like (laughs) um you know and i think the comedy serves as this kind of armor and weapon in a situation that's really dramatic and really deadly and dangerous and not to compare, you know, Gotham to something very serious like Korea or Vietnam, but Mm -hmm. um, there is this sense of doom and gloom always happening in Gotham. So it makes sense that Harley weaponizes this humor, but she still is an emotionally vulnerable character. And I wanted that to be um, kind of where we situate her, like in that cross section, like where every once in a while you see Alan Alda have that breakdown of like, I can't tell the jokes anymore because I just watched mm-hmm. five people die on my operating table. And, you know, every once in a while, Harley has to take stock of that as well. Like, do I keep this up? <laughs> like that, that yeah. kind of exhaustion that comes over you. And um, I think it's really important that Harley's making herself now emotionally available to somebody like Kevin mm-hmm. um, or, you know, as she rekindles a relationship with Ivy moving forward into fear state those are things that I think are scary for her. And, and that's kind of where I situated our fear state kind of storyline was thinking about, um, uh, they were actually asking some of the writers like for fun, like, what are you all afraid of? And somebody (laughs) started bringing up like, what would our characters be afraid of? And I think there's always this mask for Harley of like Mm -hmm. behind the humor, behind the degrees. And that's a big thing too, where, somebody would use their intellect or their degrees or her position to help others emotionally. That means she's kind of hiding her own, um, her own need for that, like emotional therapy. And um, I wanted to situate going into fear state as like, that's what Hartley's been afraid of. And she's been doing it like little by little, but in order to actually get these things you want, you have to experience that rawness of saying like, you know, if you, if you tell Pam, like, I'm in love with you after all this time looking for her in Gotham and things like that, uh, and you don't know the expected result, like, that's, that's scary. Like, yeah. so I, I wanted to play with, there were many different elements to fear inside of fear state, because like, that's going on in the middle of Scarecrow attacking Gotham <laughs> with fear toxins. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we also thought it would be the perfect time to have a mute, meet cute with um, Kevin and his soon to be uh, new friend so um <laughs> awesome. so yeah like it, it's it's an interesting like horror romance thing that we, we thought would be a great time to have a little romance <laughs> during a scarecrow attack <laughs> yeah I, I i'm i'm actually really excited about fear state uh i did review the the alpha uh that came out and um yeah. So we obviously see, you know, like you mentioned, the Ivy connection, which I think is, I think it's really cool that we're building to that. And we didn't jump straight into it from issue one. I think, I think 
and kind of going back to what you said, Harley, you know, uses that armor, that humor and her intellect as an armor. And I think I really see the person beneath when you write her. And I think that's one of the things that draws me to the book. So um, to, to know that and then know that we got Future State coming up or Fear State, excuse me, with with Ivy <laughs> and everything. And that's going to be really interesting and emotional. I'm very excited about that. Um, so obviously we got Fear State coming up. One thing I think is really interesting is that, again, if you read Future State, you know that Scarecrow directly tied into Harley's story in, in Future State. And now here he is with a big Gotham wide crossover and also with the cool new design, by the way, which love the, it. the yeah. new Scarecrow design is amazing. Great. So, <laughs> so uh, I guess what I want to ask, because we're really big on not spoiling anything because we want people to enjoy everything as much as they can. So I guess my question would be, is there something specific in Fear State that you really cannot wait for the audience to see? Ooh. Um, I mean, like all of it, I, I, the big thing though, is really, and it's been shown on the covers is for yeah. us, Fear State has really been the chance where, um, we're bringing Ivy back into the fold in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, as well as the Gotham city sirens reunion, which I am thrilled about. Like yes. that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, kind of teasing at that in our issue six with, with the Selena team up, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, going full Gotham city sirens, adding the gardener in there, um, I'm really excited that Fear State ended up being this like really female centric powerhouse. Like Mm -hmm. that's pretty awesome. Um, So yeah, I'm thrilled about that. I'm also excited that all of the main books in Gotham are really synced. Um, Mm -hmm. So if you are reading ours, it helps to read Catwoman, which usually comes out like a week for ours um, Uh as well as of course the Batman line. Uh, The stories were something that like future state. I was definitely on my own a little bit more like I had read some scripts of other things that were going on in Gotham uh, mm-hmm. for future state but for this one like you know being on calls with a lot of people like James Tynan or Ron B uh, kind of oh, nice planning yeah Name dropping here just <laughs> <laughs> just really planning this out so that one book really connects to the other and when you read them all together you get this really full picture so you might see like an element of fear state in harley and this is what she's going through and thinking about and dealing with but she's also going to be in catwoman so when you know one catwoman issue ends and you pick up ours you kind of get the next continuation of that event so we really were not on our own islands doing this we we were really collaborative and i i think that's going to be like a slightly different element than we saw in future state where I think you could just pick up like Harley and read it and get a good story. And in this case, we wanted something that was, that was just a lot bigger. Like this is something that's happening to all of Gotham. Um, all of our characters are kind of working together and hanging out. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, no, definitely. And I, I I'm really excited about the crossover because there's going to be a lot of characters that, like you said, it's going to be one big group and it's, it's something happening to a group of people, which um, is always fun, you know, and and yeah. it tends to me spending more money than I need to spend because I start buying other <laughs> books that I'm not already buying. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely excited about that. So I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. Um, and like I said, the alpha is out. Anyone listening, pick up the alpha. It gives you a great preview of what's going to happen. And uh, there's a really great checklist of, of basically every book that's going to be involved. So um, I look if I remember correctly, the Harley one is going to be four issues. So that's going to be a full on arc. In hey, fear state, nice. so nice. Okay, great. Well, uh, I want to shift gears before we uh, get too deep into DC because 
I would be remiss if I don't talk about A Man Among You with you for a little bit. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, so A Man Among You, for those who don't know out there, is a book uh, that Stephanie's writing about female pirates. And it's about Anne Bonny. Now, here's the fun thing. Um, I kind of want to talk about my origin with Anne Bonny. Um, I wasn't a pirate kid or anything like that. So when I was a kid, I knew the name and I was like, female pirate. And that's pretty much my knowledge of the character. <laughs> And it wasn't until Assassin's Creed Black Flag when I played it, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, this character's cool!" Like, so that's kind of what put it on my radar. Um, what what kind of put it on your radar? Like, was this something you've known for a long time? Was there a specific thing that you you know got you intrigued on the character? Yeah, I, I don't really remember when I learned about her specifically, but kind of like you said, I think it's a name that I I knew and recognized, especially mm-hmm. growing up um, somewhere where pirate lore is just all over the place like oh, I mean, Tampa, our football yeah. team yeah buccaneers like you drive downtown you see our pirate ship and i just like i love having people visit tampa and it's like what you guys don't have a pirate ship like whatever city you're <laughs> from like not everybody had a pirate ship um yeah. so it's like a lot of that growing up and one of the things i wanted to do with and for Anne bonnie was like uh you know we have um gasparilla festival for jose gaspar who was um, they think not even a real pirate. He was more just like legend and, you know, <laughs> Blackbeard, somebody yeah. like that, where you are really separating truth from myth and like where that line falls. And with someone like Anne Bonny, where there's really so little actual recorded history, it kind of became this thing where our team was like, what we really want to do is give her that kind of legendary status of a Blackbeard, where you can have all these mm-hmm. cool spin out tales or legends and myths about this person that really elevate them um i think in people's minds as like a a character um and with Anne, like even some of the recorded information about her is is highly in question because the person that wrote them wasn't the person that they said they were and so it called into question like a lot of the things that they did write down Mm -hmm. and i think that's pretty interesting so like your starting point is like, okay, this person did exist. And then everything else is conflicting information, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is like a, an interesting starting point when working with someone like that. Um, so yeah, we wanted to build a world around her and just say like, this is our legend of Anne Bonnie. And um, yeah, we're excited that people really liked it and wanted pirate comics, which I, I always think is a cool <laughs> comic book setting i like how i don't want to be on a boat but i like the way boats look and um you know i think the the art team for both arc one and volume two have both been really amazing oh the art has been fantastic yeah really lush we really enjoy i love that it's a grounded story you know Mm -hmm. it's it's not too big you know it's it's really about a you know a cast of four and then the people that are posing them um, and what a cast! I absolutely love the balance of the of the characters. Like, I, I love Mary. I love Jane being this pretty clueless rich lady. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I, I love Iris right. being like the hard nose. Like, uh, that's just a lot of fun. And obviously, I want people to pick up the trade. So we're not going to talk about what happens at the end of Volume One. But we get a really cool, you know, group of antagonists that don't necessarily get along themselves. And I like them getting a little bit of character development and such. So. Um, but yeah, I just, I honestly, I just want to bring it up because everybody should be reading this book. It's absolutely, absolutely. fantastic. <laughs> uh, every time it comes out, we can't stop r- ranting about it and such. Um, but uh, the one, the, I guess the thing I want to ask you is, uh, like you said, there's not a lot out there about Anne Bonnie. Now, I'm pretty sure Mary was at least 
rumored to be a real person. If I don't know if there's a confirmation, but is Jane and Iris, is that like a uh, whole cloth, your creation, or is that based on somebody else that I'm missing? Nope. Uh, whole, whole cloth, our creation. Um, we wanted to kind of add. Um, so, so one of the, the things we wanted to be really conscientious of was when taking liberties with people that were real life characters, we just mm-hmm. don't have a lot of info about. We wanted to try to make sure that the world was really representative of the time period. So a lot of the issues they're dealing with are actually just like historical problems. Um, you know, the Woods Rogers pirate hunter, like all of that is, is mm-hmm. factual offering bounties and, um, or even like a trade with pirates saying like, you know, turn yourself in and we'll give you land and then just like live a good life and stop being a pirate. And like, <laughs> that's the deal the crown will make with you. Um, like all of that stuff was actually happening. And we found it really interesting to set the book kind of at the end of that golden age of piracy. Cause you get so much lore coming out of this, like mm-hmm. rich period of pirate history and i think that's great but i think there's something really interesting about like women would have really wanted to hold on to that so you have four characters with very diverse reasons for wanting to hold on to the pirate lifestyle um and why they're drawn to it all very different um and i wanted to kind of represent the reason that they would be invested in that as like the world around them is really shifting you know uh someone like charles vane making a deal with the crown basically to save himself um you know all of this was really uh pretty honest to the time period of like pirates were really saying like okay there's no more room for us like they've got us cornered they've figured it out um you know we can't keep doing this and the four that just really want to keep keep it alive are four women because you know if it's not a pirate pirate life you know what is it what do you what do you have what are they going to go do they don't want the other options right the rest of history that they have to ensue you know yeah (laughs) it's like we found we found this freedom yeah and we know we're going to be giving it up and that's yeah yeah that's that's, that's, that's really cool exactly what you feel from the book yeah yeah that gives a really good like perspective of it i enjoy that so Mm -hmm. um so for those interested it is published by top cow image check it out please it's really great yeah um so uh, the last thing I want to talk about books wise is your upcoming book, Wonder Woman. Uh, you're taking over Wonder Woman book Evolution. And uh, it's going to be you and Mike Hawthorne doing it. I think this comes out in November. Yep, November 16th. Awesome. So we um, we got a couple Wonder Woman books right now. And uh, I know Josue reads the mainline one. Again, we kind of mm-hmm. split responsibility. Um, and then I was reading Sensational. So um, is this is this going to take place in like continuity along with the wonder woman the original wonder woman book is its own thing what 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 can we expect from this book because we do know Um, the premise kind of yeah (laughs) it's kind of its own thing it's um you know a mini series it's just a wonder woman story it is modern day wonder woman um you know it's it will fit back into continuity you know when we are done borrowing diana so it's not something that will um dramatically mess with what uh, michael conrad and becky clinton are doing um Mm -hmm. which i really enjoyed their work on that book they're Uh, doing their own thing over there too (laughs) yeah yeah exactly uh so it's 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 something that like this is a story we wanted to tell and um you know we're we're kind of just going to be telling that story and uh yeah uh it, it it's been a lot of fun to work on. I realized today that I've written after Harley, like the most wonder woman <laughs> like, yes. um, between like short stories, sensational wonder woman, um, things like that. It, it's a lot of wonder woman. And I really like that. Uh, she's a character that I think was always really difficult to write. And so 
it's something I think that's what drew me to her was like trying to figure out, like crack that code of like, mm-hmm. what is this character about? And uh, that's where the story came from was just like wanting to break her down so much that we could kind of build something back up um, in place of kind of this like symbol that I think we're used to seeing and, and really figure out like the personality and the person behind it. Like, what is she afraid of? What is mm-hmm. she currently dealing with? And um in, in a way, I think it's funny that we kind of hitted that against this really cosmic backdrop. Yeah. Um, but we want to tell something that's really grounded, really character driven, lots of cameos from people in her past and um, kind of what it means, I think, too, to be a superhero today. Like, you know, when yeah. <laughs> when the world is like really falling apart and, um, you know, if Wonder Woman can't be there to stop Corona, like we're going to use coronavirus as an example. I promise right. there's no COVID in this comic. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, um, but like, just as an example, like how would a hero respond to these things that they, they can't change? Like they save one person from a burning building, but humanity is still destroying like every tree on the planet. Um, you know, what, what is your responsibility? How can you still be a hero? Do you have guilt over these things? Like, these are a lot of questions that Diana's asking so that when, these kind of godlike beings put her on trial and say like humanity has overstepped that evolutionary boundary. They're ba- they basically killed earth and they're not going <laughs> yeah. to stop. There's going to be another planet next and another and another. So kind of like weeds in a garden, we're kind of here to do our job. Uh, you basically got a chance to tell us why we shouldn't eradicate them, but you know, <laughs> our minds are pretty much made up that, that this is going to happen that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I want it to be something where Diana is questioning, questioning that herself, like, uh, like, Oh, you know, Oh crap. Like I I'm seeing all this horrible stuff. Like I'm still trying to defend my planet because she's a warrior. This is what she does. She's a hero. She's going to rise to that call. Um, but you know, she's also questioning her own role in this as someone that's made Mm -hmm. her home living with humanity. Um, and then there's also just like, a real flip in the story, which is hard to like, <laughs> hard to give a full pitch for the book because it spoils things. But yeah. um, what I will say is the book will take a very unexpected turn and the things that you think are villains might not be the villains. There might be a different villain. And mm-hmm. um, one thing that I really love about this is not like going into it. I was able to give Mike outlines for pretty much the whole book. So starting in issue one, there are these little things that are like seeded throughout the book um, that like when you get to the end and you find out uh, kind of this reveal of what, what is going on, you can go back to issue one and reread this book and find those things and find these like puzzle pieces that uh, we've been giving to readers. And especially Mike, like Mike has found really cool ways to start like hiding the truth throughout this book and that's really cool and something that we wanted to really play with given that diana is all about truth um so we we are kind of like deliberately hiding truths (laughs) that's That's awesome um, (laughs) yeah it's something we wanted to like see if it would you know work and maybe readers will see that and be like what the heck but you know i think mike is doing an incredible job of pulling this off and we wanted something that has a lot of like longevity so people can come back and read it and find new things every time and and hopefully enjoy that aspect of it as well it's such a cool premise on like yeah like have her be like our champion but at the same time like she's fighting for the the real underlying villains like 
for us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so her questioning their whole morality of like, should I still keep doing it? But it's just like, it's Diana. Of course, she's always going to fight for us. But that's us <laughs> speaking for her, like let her speak for herself in this position. That's really dope. Um, but I guess like, my question is, um, because like she's like, I guess being our champion, this isn't going to, and you just said cosmos, it's not going to be set on earth. No, it's, not. Oh, um, nice. it's, it's very much. So we, they, they kind of take her to like this, I keep calling it like a neutral planet, almost okay. like just a planet that nobody has any control over. So that these, this is where like the arbiters of this kind of trial take her. Um, but they have technology that we've never really seen. So the setting can change wildly whenever they want it to which is pretty cool. cool think of it a little like a almost like a holodeck except reality is uh like I, I think the holodeck has less consequences if that makes sense so like mm -hmm. if you conjure something in in this planet space there are still very real consequences and diana will find that out nice. I'm, I'm excited <laughs> i'm so in yeah definitely i like i like there's been a couple books now where dc's taken earthbound heroes cosmic and like i, I think of the the supergirl book right now the mini which i'm loving it's so yeah. great so it's sounding gonna be like i'm gonna like it just as much so i'm pretty excited <laughs> about that um yeah. well now i'm spending more money but uh <laughs> 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 all right so um of course, before we go, I do want to go ahead and ask you. So we have our other show uh, for listeners who've never heard our other show. It's called Jukebox Vertigo. You can find that on Twitter at Jukebox Vertigo. Um, basically, every week we build, build a different playlist based around a, a different randomized subject. Our next episode, which we're recording in a couple of days, is Emo. And uh, whenever we do an interview, we always like to give our interviewer a chance to add a song to our playlist. So... Is there a specific emo song you would like added to the playlist? Uh, All That I've Got by The Used. Oh, nice. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Very emo. <laughs> That's funny because we, we, we always make sure not to duplicate bands. So I have to tell the rest of the group, don't use The Used, which would be fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's actually might have been one of mine now that I think about it. So <laughs> awesome. Um, awesome. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that. So... Uh, Definitely, guys, we will, uh, again, check us out on at Jukebox Vertigo on Twitter for when this episode comes out. It'll be next Monday, and it always comes out on Mondays. Uh, of course, we have issues comes out on Saturdays. So we are going to go ahead and wrap it up. Stephanie, again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, yeah, thank you. Fill in your plugs, whatever you'd like to plug, your Twitter, Instagram, whatever you got. So, uh, Yeah, Twitter is at Steph underscore smash, and... Um, you can go and sign up. I've got a newsletter. You can sign up through Twitter. Um, right now, talking a lot about a new comicsology series as well. That's creator-owned with Peter Kraus, who did Shazam mm. and Irredeemable. So you can go read mm. a whole bunch about that on my newsletter because I've been <laughs> writing about it pretty extensively lately. Um, and you can just find that through my Twitter at Steph underscore Smith. Awesome. All right. And you guys can check us out. So we're going to run through our quick Twitter uh, list because we got quite a few. Uh, so first of all, our network is Geek Elite Media. So you can find us at geekelitemedia.com or at Geek Elite Media. You can find our show. We have issues where we review basically every new comic that comes out every week. Uh, the Twitter for that is WHI Podcast. Oh, yeah, just WHI Podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Myself, I'm WHI Podcast Keith. Our producer, Liz, is WHI Podcast Liz. And my co-host, Hosue, is at Hosue Reads Hosue. Once again, you can check us out on Jukebox Vertigo at Jukebox Vertigo. And you can check out Hosue on his Twitch. Uh, Hosue plays Hosue. Uh, <laughs> last night you were playing Golf Story. Is that still what we're going to be playing for the moment? Uh, yeah, I think we're like about past the halfway mark. So we should be finishing up soon. 
Awesome. I'm probably going to start streaming Chrono Trigger, maybe. We'll Ooh. see. Uh, maybe I'll make a YouTube account to, to stream on there. So we'll see. But once again, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Once again, Stephanie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy to talk oh, to you. you. And we're looking forward to reading, uh, you know, upcoming Harley and, of course, Wonder Woman Evolution. Cannot wait. Uh, but thank you guys so much. And don't forget to always geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Beep.